Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Millennial Teacher Podcast. And again, we are talking all things education through the eyes of young millennial teachers. And today it is just me. I have some co-hosts joining me in September. But for now, you get my thoughts. And I've heard you guys like them. So I'm back. Um, first of all, start of a new week. Um, you know, Mondays are tough. But... I don't believe that it sets the tone. So today was an up and down day. Um, I think the kids are feeling back to school transition just as much as the teachers. So it was hard on both ends. And I can imagine that the parents feel the same as well. And speaking on parents, that is what we are talking about today. Parents as partners. Um, And I feel inclined to talk about it because it was not... Not such a good day with one of the parents that I encountered today for different reasons that I won't mention much of, but it made me realize that parents are truly our partners. And I always say this, but I do believe that it starts at home, that teacher to parent bridge, there should not be a gap. And when conflicts arise, as teacher and parent, both of us having the best interest of the child at heart, we should be able to communicate and come together, whether it's on a happy note or a difficult conversation. And throughout my nine years of teaching, I have been very close with some parents, but I also can vulnerably admit that I can be very distant depending on one the type of school year that I may be having, two, the schedule, or three, if we're being completely honest, depending on how you interact with a student in your classroom can impair that teacher and parent relationship. And I say that because sometimes you are just so drained mentally and or physically that it can just slip through the cracks and let's be honest, if it is a difficult student, it may be difficult to talk to their parent. But as a teacher, we genuinely try to have the best interest at heart. And in our profession, we have to lay aside um, personal thoughts and or issues for the sake of the student. You know, that's what we signed up for. And that's what we do best. But there comes a time when teachers can admit that they are only human and they can only and we can only take but so much. So I say that to say when a problem arises it's not it should not be a fight. And I say that because I am not a parent but I can imagine the the fight and the the thrill and or joy you may have advocating for your kid celebrating them or, you know, standing up for them. And so we are with a person's child every day for more than eight hours. So in my brain, I'm thinking that this relationship should be smooth. And it is always, it isn't always like that. And that's okay. But what we can do is proactively plan. And so to rewind back to my situation today, um, I had a parent, again, like say some unkind words. And so in my human nature, I'm just like, whoa, 
where is this coming from? And I had to think in the lens of, okay, as a parent, you're only going off the strength of what your child says. And then I tap back into a teacher. It's like, I can literally visually watch your child have a fantastic day. And one small thing may happen and they will hold on to that. And it gets lost in translation from the classroom door to the car door, right? And so that's where my frustration as a teacher comes in. I'm just like, wait, I think that we're on the wrong page because so-and-so had a great day. So where is this coming from? And so when you do get attacked, it's just so frustrating. So I just want to name that parents, we are your partners. And if there is an issue that arises, please don't come full force in attack mode. Because we can't go anywhere from that. And truthfully, after that one interaction, it is going to be a bumpy road the whole school year if we can't smooth it out with this first one. And two, both parties may be hesitant to reach out to the next one. And that's what we don't want to happen because we want our students to know that that bridge from school to home, it's an easy path. And so I just think, one, we need to talk about approaches. Like when do we go from zero to 100, right? Because when you start, when you start at the top, there's, no, there's nowhere to go up from. And it's hard to come down from that because in your human nature, first impressions are the best. And if it starts off rocky, nine times out of 10, it's just going to end up that way unless both parties are actively planning to address the issue. So my first tip is your response and your in your approach, like go in listening with open ears. And that is teacher and parent. We can only think in our teacher brain and then they can only think in their parent brain because that is their kid. And in a sense, both parties need to have the best interests of the child at heart. So it's all about reaction. Number one, like, let's come to the table and let's talk before we try to throw fists. Two, I also think that when it comes to communication, please know that there are 19 or 20 plus other children in the classroom and we cannot see everything. And I do appreciate parents who acknowledge, I know that you guys can't catch everything. We cannot, as much as we say that we can, some things happen within five seconds of turning your head. So just know that yes, safety is a priority, but also there are 20 other bodies in here and we are doing our best to love on them and to teach them. So just starting with the open mindset. Two, interaction and involvement in the education system is not just parent-teacher night. It's not just extracurricular activities that the school is holding. And it's not just volunteering. I did some research and it said that 80% of parents say that they are active in their child's education. 60% on another study said that they volunteer. But there was a huge gap in the research 
when it said how many the percentage of how many parents know core academics and that is what stood out to me the most there was a huge gap in that data and yes it is great when you all volunteer in the classroom it is great to come to back to school nights and teacher parent conferences we need that we love that that is what we are here for however if you don't know the academia part, what is being delivered to your student, what the teacher is teaching, and how to help them, then we're missing another key concept of parent and teacher interaction. So I say all that to say, if you do not know what's going on, that is a time where you can, as a parent, say, how can I help and what does it look like? And I believe that in the school system, we need to allow opportunities where parents can come in to see how we deliver our curriculum, if I'm making sense. Like back to school night, yes, it can be a meet and greet, but this is what our curriculum looks like. This is how teachers are delivering it. This is what you can do when gaps arise. And so we want them involved. Yes, we want you guys involved. Absolutely. But we also want you to know like, oh, this is what needs to be done. Okay, so give me steps one through 10 on how to address it. And I promise you all of that combined with volunteering, knowing the curriculum and just being involved. Oh, my gosh, the school year will just run so smoothly for teachers, student and parent. And that's what we need the most. Now, more than ever, when COVID happened, let's just rewind. When COVID happened, the world saw that the work that we did was not a piece of cake and it was not a walk in the park. And so if we remember that and parents think of, this is what I had to do to get my kid to learn during this pandemic. Because, yeah, it was forced, but now... It should be a want, right? Like that same passion, that same drive, that same execution, that same, okay, we got to figure it out. Or even as far as going to get tutors, we saw some parents do. That is what we need. We need that same energy during COVID that we that needs to carry over to this school year, next school year, and times to come. Um, teachers cannot do it all. So bridging that gap and just getting involved in the academia part will just do numbers in our education system. It's, it'll be a well-oiled machine. And lastly, the biggest thing I want to stress, if I could scream it right now without hurting y'all's ears, I would. But school is not a daycare. And I am specifically preaching to the ones whose children are in early elementary school. When one of my biggest aches is when I tell people I teach kindergarten and they say, oh, you just babysit all day or, oh, you got it easy. I promise you, if you never done it, you wouldn't last 30 minutes. And I need people to know, this goes back to learning the academia part, Kindergarten and early childhood nowadays are building children's social, emotional skills, yes, but also they are reading and writing 
and rhyming and blending and doing adding and subtraction by the end of the year as early as five years old. And depending on what kind of pre-K program, they are exposed to those learning skills as well. So you hear the age range three to five. Please stop saying it is daycare. It is one of the biggest insults because I promise you the curriculum is tough. And yes, they are children. So you would expect, you know, it's very play-based. They do play, but they learn heavy. And it's heavy on the student and it's heavy on the teacher. So please, for the love of God, stop telling early elementary educators that they babysit all day. It is a huge insult. And if we look at it through the lens of, oh, school is just daycare, that is how people approach it. And that is how we get gaps in learning. Because if you just think that your kid is here to play all day, you're not invested. You don't care to be invested. You don't care to know what's going on. You just think that this is free daycare and that's what it's not. Yeah, we're going to watch them. Yeah, we're going to make sure they have fun. But we are here to teach. The job role, the title, the career, excuse me, says teacher. And that is what we are doing. We are teaching whether it's how to just be. And when I say that, I've taught pre-K before. We have students coming in who don't even know emotions. Before we can even teach a letter or a sound, we're teaching them how to regulate. We're teaching them how to calm down in a moment of frustration, in a moment of anger. And those skills in pre-K, they transfer all the way up into those middle school middle school years and or adult years. I've seen children who I've taught in pre-K or kinder, and I look at them in second and third grade, and they are so much more regulated. I've seen pictures where they go to a calm down corner and the skills that I taught them in kindergarten, they are using in first grade or second grade or third grade, and it is unbelievable. So please know that we're creating a we are helping build, not create, we're helping build a whole child. And I just believe that that is a beautiful thing. I personally don't remember calming down strategies, naming my emotions, speaking my speaking on my emotions until honestly my teenage years. And so just know that before we even teach, we're teaching them how to be. I think of pre-K teachers who create theme theme plays and they they connect it back to the real world and when you take children out on field trips they're able to connect that classroom um dramatic play center that was a barbershop or ice cream shop or even a zoo and they see it downtown and they relate it back to the classroom or they're using vocabulary that they've heard in a story and they're applying it at home and they're using it in sentences it is remarkable what early elementary educators are doing and so to to think that it is just a daycare and to approach as such is a huge insult and something that needs to be addressed. So I'll be the first to say it. Please, for the love of God, stop pitying early early elementary educators because we are doing phenomenal work. And the beauty of it is when they come in day one, it may be tears, screaming, crying, even as far as nonverbal, not able to communicate. And they leave that classroom and they are speaking in sentences. They are 
a whole new child. And that is a beautiful thing. And you send them off and they take those skills that you taught them and they apply it to their daily lives outside of that classroom. So if anything, instead of the oh, give give teachers a round of applause. We are doing good work. We are not babysitters. We are not a daycare. But I always like to think of school as a community and the classroom as a home. And so just to wrap up parents being as partners, let's both parties think about our approach, our reaction, and our involvement. And all three combined combined will lead to such a beautiful and smooth school year. And lastly, I just want to reiterate that every day may not be a good day, but that's okay. We're starting at we're starting small so we can finish strong. And so this has been the Millennial Teacher Podcast. Oh, but lastly, before I go, please keep in mind that teacher schedules are slam packed. So when we try it really is the strength off of I want you to know what is going on in the classroom. And if we drop the ball for a few days, even maybe two weeks at most, please know that there is so much going on day to day from teaching, execution, planning. There's so much going on and on every single day. So if you don't hear from us, I promise you it is not intentional. It just comes with the nature of the beast of the work that we do. So please don't take it personal. And I'm done for real this time. Thank you guys for listening.